Welcome to the Victorian Parent Council VPC Parent Podcast Series. VPC is a registered charity organisation dedicated to everyone who support parents in educating their children. I'm Jackie Vanderbilt, your host today. And hello and welcome. And we're welcoming Kelly George from Fearless Homeschooling. Welcome, Kelly. Hello. Thank you for having me, Jackie. Kelly, I think it's always a lovely way to get our presenters to speak about themselves and just say who they are and and uh, and how we've come to perhaps connect over uh, over this particular topic. Uh, yeah, so I um I, th- I think you were after some more help about homeschooling, and I write about homeschooling um, because I've homeschooled my kids forever. It seems um, so. We have five children. Uh, Gabrielle is 15, Holly and Asha are 14, and Rex is 13, and Forrest is 10. Yep, that's all of them. And yeah, so I started writing about homeschooling a few years ago just because I was getting the same questions, running into the um, same problems with new homeschoolers, and so decided to write about it a bit more and help people out with it. Kelly, why did you choose homeschooling for your children? Uh, So my kids were younger than school age when we decided to try it. Uh, It started with my older son, Rex. Um, When he was born, he had a syndrome and it was apparent from a pretty young age that school would be very difficult for him, both academically and socially. And my husband actually brought up the idea of homeschooling as an option when he was about one. So he likes to tell people that homeschooling was all his idea. Um, But we didn't know anything about it, but we knew even then that it was really the only option for him. And once I started learning a bit more about it, I started to think that it would be great for Gabrielle too. So she was three at the time and she already knew what she was meant to know by the end of prep. And we hadn't really taught her as such. We'd just read lots of books and we'd done craft and had a good time together. But looking forward, I could see her having a similar school experience to me and being bored and under challenge and getting to mischief and becoming disengaged with learning because of that boredom. So we decided and just see how it went. So that was 12 years ago now and none of them have ever been to school. So it's worked out pretty well so far. Um, so what, I mean, I imagine there would be, there is a lot, I'm not just imagine, I know there is a lot of preparation that's involved, but what sort of prep did you do before you started this sort of operation homeschool? Well, I'm a reader, so I I read absolutely everything I can get my I could get my hands on. Um, and this was in the days of dial-up internet, so we were living in rural Tasmania, and that meant ordering everything I could get from the library about homeschooling and education, and reading all of it and taking notes. And it really helped to show me what homeschooling could be. You know, that it didn't have to be school at home. We had lots of options and ways of learning, uh, so that was really positive. We didn't buy a lot of stuff straight away Uh, we never have bought a lot of stuff really and I do tell everyone not to go crazy with the bank card at the start because it's easy to buy a whole lot of stuff that you will never ever use and emotionally we we talked about it a lot my husband and I so we knew that homeschooling would alter our future plans because I wouldn't be going back to work and he would probably work less than expected Um, but we were happy with that And we actually worked out a way to turn it into a bit of an adventure. So we've experimented with working from home. Uh, We were mostly self-sufficient for a few years. And we all found it really interesting to raise and grow food and make soap and milk cows and stuff like that. 
we both have qualifications now because we've studied from home and so we've all had a lot of fun saying right you know how can we make this work in a way that we find interesting so I think it was great that my husband and I could agree that homeschooling would require some lifestyle changes but we could make that into a big positive and do it together as a family you know we had that emotional support from each other so important. I mean, I think probably important in every adventure in life, but, but yes. you're undertaking, you know, that, that whole lifestyle change. And it's wonderful too. The two of you have gone and gone on to do further study as well. That's, that's fantastic. So li- yeah. li- living the model. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. It was, it was a good example for the kids. And also it was, it was just a good, a good way to be at home more because, you know, if, if, I was studying from home and I was getting a scholarship. So, you know, I was being financially supported in a way to stay at home too. I just had to kind of fit that in. <laughs> that in around everything else. <laughs> That's it. Um, Kelly, what are the, some of the challenges for family life? You know, I mean, there would be, it would be a very different model in the relationships between each other as, you know, mum and dad as teacher and parent and everything else that you do in between. Yeah. Well, we haven't known any other way, so it it is a bit difficult to say. Um, One thing I struggle with is it does get relentless. Our kids are with us 24-7. We've never really had any family help, and that can be really tiring, um, especially when they were young. So we had to come up with strategies like strict bedtimes to make sure that we got a break. Um, Kids have always pitched in with cooking and cleaning and such because I don't want to do it all. (laughs) It would take me all day. And I'm a huge introvert. I mean, I was an only child. I was raised um, in a fairly solitary way and I'm really happy with my own company. So I've had to come up with ways to get time to myself and sometimes it just doesn't happen. So I have to be really mindful of how I'm going and to make sure I sleep and I run and I stop before I wear myself out, um, which I was not always good at, but I've learned the hard way and I'm much better at it now. So... Overall, I think the main positive would be that we're all really close as a family. So I have a lot of fun with my kids. I feel I can talk to them about anything and they mostly get along really well together. So the strong family bonds we've got are a huge positive, you know, and that's been really good too going into the teenage years when a lot of, a lot of kids become more distant from their parents and we haven't, we haven't really had that. So that's been great. Um, And it's the same with my husband too, because he's gotten to spend so much more time with the kids and they're really close. They probably, they probably actually go to him more with their problems really because he's much better at the emotional stuff that I am. So I would say that that, that closeness we've got outweighs the, um, outweighs the sometime relentlessness of it all. I'm interested to hear that you, you need to find time for yourself. And I think that even, yes. even when you're not homeschooling, <laughs> parents need to do that. So what, what sort of, what sort of tri- uh, you know, tricks and tips do you, would you have in that regard? Well, like I said, we always had the bedtime. So even when our kids were, you know, 10 or so, they would go to bed early and it would be, you know, you could go and read in your bed or do whatever, but I need that couple of hours in the evening just to have a break. Um, Studying actually helped me a lot because I got to, um, you know, I I had a legitimate excuse to go and sort of shut myself away and do a couple of hours of study, which I actually quite enjoy. Um, And, yeah, it's just things like going out by myself when I need to, um, saying to the kids if I'm stressed or busy, you know what, I've, I've had enough for today, I just need a break, can you guys just look after yourselves for an hour or so? 
And they've always actually been reasonably good at that um, from a young age, I think because it was always kind of necessary that we, that we were able to say to them, okay, I'm really tired. I need a break. Can you just go play with Lego for a bit and, um, you know, let me read my book. Yep. Kelly, I think one of the, the thing, one of the issues that's often raised um, as a reason for not homeschooling is around concerns and socialisation of children. Um, so what are, you, what are your thoughts? I mean, you've got a ready-made socialising group there with five. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but even still, you know, they're, they're siblings and people would say, well, socialisation outside of the family. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, that homeschool socialisation is only really an issue in the media. Um, I don't know any people who are actually homeschooling who have any significant socialisation worries. Um, anyone who thinks about it should realise that homeschoolers aren't home. You know, we're always out and about in society. We're running errands, we're going to appointments, and we're getting that community socialisation pretty much every day. And in terms of friendships, most places have homeschooling groups, uh, which meet weekly for free time or they do activities or excursions. Um, homeschool kids have jobs, they volunteer, they do sports, they play instruments. Um, yeah, I think the opportunities for interaction with other people are actually much more varied than the average school child. I think there's a positive too in that we get to avoid the negative socialisation to a huge extent. You know, things like exposure to bullying, um, early sexualization, the glorification of drinking and drugs. Um, we haven't found any issues with that, luckily. Um, like I said, we have Rex has a syndrome. Um, he has some physical differences and mental differences. And he's 13 now and he's never actually been teased about any of them. So that's that's been a really big positive of the socialization so overall i don't think my kids have missed out on anything positive that we haven't been able to recreate and i think that's the key so there are always going to be times when you feel that something is lacking but as parents we can find a way to provide it you know we can create what we need and if that means more socialization then we can brainstorm a way to get that Really interested to hear your response to that because that's been my experience speaking to a number of a number of homeschoolers where it's just a non-issue and uh, and yeah. it is something that is um, whatever for want of a better word you know normalised as the reason um, in the media as the as a as a concern and and I think that if we are doing our job as parents then we're actually seeing to all of those needs of our children as you said you know creating those opportunities and it's not just it's not just the socialisation that happens in school, it's socialisation that happens in, in everyday life and, and, uh, and family life and everything else we do around that is pretty critical. Yeah, exactly, because it includes everything. It's, it's being able to um, approach a shopkeeper and ask a question and have an interaction with decent manners and being able to introduce yourself to people properly and shake hands and look people in the eyes and things like that. It's, yeah, it includes a whole lot of stuff. So it, it's been good to be able to sort of... Um, watch that as they grow. And we did practice with things like that when they were young. Okay, this is how you shake your hand and this is how you say, hello, nice to meet you and, and the basics like that. How do people get registered as a homeschooler? Uh, so it's different in every state, uh, which can be a bit of a bother when you're moving around. But if we're talking about Victoria, where I am technically, 
then it's great because it's quite relaxed. So you register with the VRQA, which I think is the Victorian Registrations and Qualifications Association, possibly. Um, you need to submit yeah, we'll an application. Get, we'll get the link. We'll put the link up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you need to submit an application form, um, your ID, and a learning plan for each child between the ages of 6 to 17. And you only have to do the learning plan once when you register. It's not a yearly thing like it is in most of the other states. So the learning plan must cover the prescribed eight learning areas, but the content is up to you. It's not strict national curriculum. Um, and that's about it, except about 10% of students are chosen randomly and reviewed each year. So if your family is selected, they'll review what one of your children has done over the year. Um, you can choose to send that evidence in, you can describe it over the phone, or you can have an in-person interview. And if the review is successful, your family won't be reviewed again for at least two years. Um, Did you have a review, Kelly? <laughs> no, no, they've only just, um, they've only just introduced the reviews, actually. I think... Last year was the first time they did them. So, yeah, they, and they only do about 10% of students each year. So there's a pretty good chance they'll get away without a review for a few years. But from what I've heard from people who've had them there, they're very straightforward. They're quite relaxed. They just want to make sure that you're actually doing stuff, really. And very supportive, I would imagine, too, in terms of advice that they might give um, you know, to, the, to the parents in, in that role, too. Yeah, I'm not sure actually if they give advice or not. Um, I know I know some people don't give advice, they just review what you've done. I, I haven't actually heard from people about what the review process is like too much, except for that it was actually quite straightforward and easy. So yeah. So if you're listening from Victoria, that's it's good. You're lucky, you're in a good state. But none of the none of the states are that are that bad really. They they have higher requirements such as you have to do a learning plan aligned with the national curriculum each year. You have to send in um, a review of learning um, each year and a couple of the states will do a home visit once every year or two. Um, but it can seem like a really scary big process for new homeschoolers but it's not it's not actually as bad as it seems and very few people get knocked back and the people who do get knocked back, there's, there's very good reason for it. So if you put in a bit of effort, um, you should be fine. Good to know. Mm. So is it self-funded, this exercise? <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Um, there's no specific payment for homeschooling parents. Um, there are always options in Australia. So obviously there's family tax benefit. Um, and parents who homeschool get an exemption from looking for work if they get new start. So that's something to look into. Um, you're also exempt from work requirements on new start if you're the primary parent of four or more children. There is also the assistance for isolated children, the AIC. So if you can prove that school doesn't meet your child's needs, you can get that payment. I think it's around $4,000 a year in two lots. Um, people get that for geographical isolation, but they also get it for special needs. So that includes stuff like autism, anxiety, as well as um, you know, learning disabilities, syndrome, stuff like that. So if schools don't have the facilities or services your child needs or your child has really struggled with school, then you may qualify for the AIC. And there are also small payments in most states, stuff like book allowances, free swimming lessons and such. It's just a matter of actually finding them. And homeschool groups are great at knowing the ins and outs of all the benefits. So I'd advise you join your local homeschooling group and ask the parents there because they'll have some, they'll have some tricks up their sleeve. 
<laughs> good to know. <laughs> good expertise. Great expertise. That's it. Um, I know that um, you know parents who so parents who are considering homeschooling, and they often have. And I know the conversations I've had with them. There's often those feelings of self doubt about, you know, the content, skills, and the knowledge that might be required. So, how have you and and how and others that you're in contact with um, overcome those um, to provide that that rigorous and rich educational program for your children? Yeah, that's definitely big problem for most people who are starting out um we've we've grown up with a system where you get learning from a teacher who is an expert and so we think we have to be experts and we have to teach something like me you know who don't have a degree and who had never done any teaching that can be pretty intimidating but overall we've found that we don't need to be experts. Um, instead we tend to be co-learners with our children so we've done a lot of work that I knew absolutely nothing about. You know, even with my 13 years of schooling, um, I didn't cover history, grammar, Latin, music. Um, so we've just found good resources and we've learned together. So luckily for homeschooling, there are lots and lots of resources out there that are designed for this, um, for a parent to open and just start without a great deal of background knowledge. If things get too complicated, there are things like online classes, uh, there are tutors, uh, we've even come up with method, methods like swapping kids with another homeschooling parent, you know, like you do the science and I'll do the art type of arrangement. So you really don't have to know everything. And specifically, I've really loved watching my husband homeschool because he couldn't read when he finished school. Um, he had a year 10 pass, but was functionally illiterate. I taught him to read when he was 18. So he doesn't have a great educational foundation starting so late, but he has so much fun with the kids. They sit together and they puzzle things out and they argue with each other and they look up meanings. And I think overall it's more beneficial for the kids than having me saying, oh, it's like this for this reason. And then, you know, the, the, the technically I've taught them and they've learnt, but it's, it, it's not as rich an experience as they get with him. So, yeah, overall, if you're thinking about it, just remember you don't, you don't need to know everything. You don't need to be an expert. Um, you don't need to start worrying about how you're going to teach advanced physics when your kid is five. You just need to be committed to finding great resources and helping your child understand them, you know, just spending the time with them. What a wonderful experience. And, and, and I think for your husband, what a, great, what a great dad experience for him. I mean, I think I'm hoping that we there'll be dads listening to this and I'm sure that some of them would be just, just be a wee bit jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they have a fantastic time together. They always end up throwing books around and chasing each other around the house and it, it's so noisy, but they have, a, they have an absolutely fantastic time and it's been really good for the kids, I think, just to be able to interact with an adult on that level. You know, it, it's not that adults know everything and you need to be quiet and listen to them. It's no, you can actually have a dialogue with people and a discussion and, you know, if you're right, then you're right. And that's great. Yep. Brilliant. So here's the other big trick question that comes up quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> can homeschool students matriculate and gain entry into university and other sorts of post-school study options? Yes, definitely. Um, and it's actually really, really easy. This is one of the best kept secrets um, which I've been trying to not make a secret. So it's not a worry at all for most people. So just remember that universities and TAFEs are businesses now. Um, so they make money by enrolling students and it is in their best interests to not be too choosy. 
So as homeschoolers, we can't get an ATAR score or a school certificate, uh, but luckily we don't need them. So I like to share this statistic with people that in 2016, only 26% of university entrants used an ATAR to get into university. The other 74% used alternative methods. So the ATAR is definitely not the only way and it's probably the most stressful way overall. So out of the options we've got, we can do TAFE to university. So many TAFE certificates will then enable you to enter directly into a degree and a lot of them will give you um, credit for part of that degree. Open university is a great option. So anyone can enroll in open university subjects online. And if you complete a couple of those subjects, you can then apply for entry into a degree based on those results. Many universities now have enabling or bridging courses. So they're university preparation courses, essentially um, for people who have been out of study for a long time or for people who may not have finished school and they teach you the skills that you need. So they'll do essay writing, math, science, and then they give you guaranteed entry into a degree under specific scores. Um, you've also got the STAT, the Standard Tertiary Admissions Test, which is available for some courses and many degrees have a portfolio entry. So they're not so much interested in a score. They want to see what you've done. You know, so these are things like art and design, music, etc. So in real life, I know homeschoolers who have never stepped foot in a school who are studying everything from law to music. Um, my 15 year old started an enabling program this year through a university and all she had to provide to qualify was her tax file number, nothing else. Um, and I also know a few kids who have done well at open university in a handful of subjects and used those results to transfer to medicine. So all degrees are available, you know. Um, again, it's like socialisation. You, you probably don't need to worry about this one at all. You can always work out an alternative entry path for any sort of qualification you want. That's music to my ears. This is something I've been saying for a long time. Because <laughs> I've worked, you know, because my, my background is in education. And, okay. I, and I still, even though I, I would say this is, this is the way it is, you know, you can do all these different alternatives, different pathways, People say, "Oh no, no, no!" But they have to do the have to do the you know the equivalent of the the high school certificate and get an ATAR and or the you know VCE and I'm thinking, no, you don't you don't have to do all of that. You yes. know, there are lots of different pathways. So that's um that's that would be incredibly reassuring to hear it straight from somebody who is who is who's teaching their children right now. That's um, it. I mean, and that's what and um, that's what my husband did. He didn't he didn't finish school, so he did a. Um, he got straight into a diploma of nursing at TAFE. Um, he did an entry program, um, like the STEPS program at Central Queensland University, which taught him all the university skills and guaranteed him entry into a nursing degree. And yeah, it just, it just seems to be really easy. And meanwhile, I look back at my last two years of school and they were so stressful and there was so much pressure to get a good score. And um, I got the score I wanted and then when I deferred uni, I found that the school was useless for everything else. I couldn't get a job. I couldn't do, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was, I'd done 13 years of education, but um, it, it didn't really bring me much in the way of benefits straight away. It, the only thing it did was got me into certain courses at university. Yeah. yeah. So lots of pathways, people. So look out for them. <laughs> and more are coming up all the time. 
That's right. And, and you know, and there is that, that whole discussion around the ATAR is actually big news at the moment. I mean, I know it comes up, it's a bit cyclical every time, you know, we, we have students doing their uh, end of year exams, uh, end of year 12 exams, but uh, but it is it is something that needs to be, uh, certainly needs to be challenged, that's for sure. I'll probably get into trouble for saying that, but hey. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not too worried about that. Um, so, what have you learned as a homeschool parent teacher? What's been What's been the biggest learning for you? I think overall, I've learned a lot of patience. Um, I don't think I'll ever have enough, but I certainly have a lot more, and that's just from that day to day experimentation, sitting down, going, okay, how are we going to make this work? How are we going to get through this problem? There's There's a lot of troubleshooting. Um, in our life. If I could start over, I would stress less about pushing activities and curriculum onto my kids. So when they were young, I worried about how we'd cover everything, you know, and that they'd have gaps in their learning if I, if I wasn't diligent enough. But I've gotten a lot better at recognising that the activities my kids choose to do every day are actually really educational. And most of the time, if I put my effort into supporting those interests and activities, then they will learn far more than if I find a package curriculum and make them sit down and do it. So watching them learn really complex things because they actually want to has taught me a lot about motivation and learning. And I've learned that my job as a homeschooling parent is really that of a supporter and facilitator and a cheerleader, not as a leader. You know, I'm not the boss, I'm their partner. I help them do what they want and need to do and now I've got teens, I can see that that really does lead to a great education and a pretty varied education overall. But when they were younger, there were quite a few times when I was, you know, having meltdowns thinking, they're not learning anything, they're, they're going to grow up uneducated. But um, I'm starting to see the results now and it's actually the experiments turned out okay. So I'm glad about that. <laughs> Consolation, a lot of teachers would be having that sort of uh, existentialist type crisis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's hard, especially when they're young and, and you're saying, oh, you need to learn this. And the kids are saying, no, I'm, I'm not interested. This is really boring. I would actually rather go and do this instead. And, you know, if you look at the national curriculum, they'll say this is essential and all kids have to learn it. But then as they've gotten, I mean, spelling is a great example for us. We, we tried teaching spelling and doing lists and none of it stuck and it stressed me out. But then when they got a bit older, they got pen pals and all of a sudden they had all this motivation to spell and they said we want a spelling curriculum and they learnt more in six months than than I could have crammed into their head in the four years beforehand when they weren't interested so it, it's been great to have those sort of um those sort of examples to reassure myself that actually if they need it they'll learn it very quickly and very easily so I was going to ask you about motivation and that you've just spoken, you've just given a beautiful example of that because I think that there's some, certainly some really interesting research about, um, about what motivates children in learning. And uh, so there's all these, like, I've just seen images of, of the research where all these little people are wired up with, you know, um, a scan, you know, brain scans <laughs> to see to see what's what's firing, what neurons are firing, and, and keeps them motivated. What's been really interesting that, that's come out of that is that uh, students are motivated by the learning process, not the uh, not the carrot that's offered to them as the end result. So I'd be interested to hear whether you're finding the social light, the social aspect of learning is clearly the thing that's motivating your, 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 your children 
um, to learn rather than the you will get a great mark or you will get here or you will you will be able to get into university or you'll get a great job, which sometimes yeah. is, uh, is just not even comprehensible, right? So, um, yeah, your, your yeah, thoughts. Well, that's it. I mean, we don't, we don't do marks or grades. Um, when my kids do tests, it's because they're interested in finding out how they're going on a subject um, to see if they need to work more on it, um, not because I've said, you sit down and do this um yeah so it has been really interesting to see that that when i mean my eldest has spent a year learning german or teaching herself german and she's done a pretty good job comprehensively i mean we took her to germany six months after she started and she got us by in pigeon german so i was really impressed by that last work <laughs> that's, that's not- it because just because she likes languages and you know so she decided she wanted to sit down and do it it's, it's really good to see. So what would you, is there anything that you would change and what would you do more of? I mean, you've spoken about how you wouldn't push the curriculum. Is there anything else that you would change and what would you do more of? Um, I probably wouldn't change a great deal extra. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly relaxed anyway. So most people tend to say that they would relax more, but I'm fairly relaxed anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. I would, I would probably... If I could just relax a bit more and hang out with the kids a bit more, that would have been, my husband's always been very good at that. I'm more results orientated and it's been a bit hard to sort of, to sort of get past that, if that makes sense. It does make sense. It does make sense. Um, So where can we read about your adventures, Kelly? (laughs) Okay, so as you mentioned, I write about homeschooling at Fearless Homeschool. So that's just fearlesshomeschool.com. I've got a free course. I've got workshops, um, like a free workshop. I've got lots of blog posts about homeschooling styles and all sorts of stuff. And I also run the Australian Homeschooling Summit once a year, um, which should be in about April 2020, the next one, where I collect a lot of people together and we all talk about a topic of our choice to do with homeschooling. And I also have a couple of courses that people may be interested in if they're starting out with, just about sort of getting your head around homeschooling and getting set up in a way that suits your family. If you're interested in world schooling and family travel, we have a more personal blog at messytravel.com because we don't have a permanent address. We've been been travelling for (laughs) quite a few years at the moment. I'm I'm doing this interview from my caravan at the moment. And Gabrielle, my eldest, she is 15 and she has a blog at gabriellegeorge.com. And so that will give you a bit of insight into what life is like for a homeschooling teenager. Excellent. So any advice now for parents who've been listening to this, considering the shift in education for their children and family? Yeah, I think just give it a shot. Just try it. Uh, so many people really agonise over the decision, but just try it for a term or two. Don't put a heap of pressure on yourself or your kids. Don't try to do everything all at once. Um, but ask your kids what they like and what their interests are and, and pay attention to them and see what you can pick up about their interests and then work with them to investigate these more and see where you end up. So do a bit of core work in maths and such, but don't cram their days full of worksheets and curriculum, um, cover the essentials well and leave lots of time for open exploration. And you'll probably be really surprised at what turns up. And if you try that and if it really doesn't work, then it's actually quite easy to go back to school. So, you know, you, you won't you won't lose anything in three or six months or 
even a year, you know, your, your kid's quite able to catch up pretty easily if they refuse to do work for that for that period of time because generally they'd refuse to do it at school too. So, yeah, just, just try it. It might end up being something that you absolutely love. Kelly George, it's been a, an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for your for your conversation and your time. And uh, uh, we look forward to seeing the the next posting on fearless uh, fearless homeschooling because it's uh, it's been an interesting read, that's for sure. No worries. All right. Thank you very much for having me, Jackie. Lovely. Thank you. Bye. Thank you to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Want to know more about this podcast and other VPC podcasts? Please visit the VPC website, vicparentscouncil.vic.edu.au and leave a review. We would also welcome you to contact us if you would like to be our guest or if you have a topic around parenting and education. Thank you to Melbourne singer Emma Sidney for her permission to use her soundtrack, Cherish. Until next time, thank you for listening.